Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy, joined by my kerosene heater over here to my right, Ranger to my left, Raptor hanging out of his mouth, hasn't gone nowhere. I got Vance on the phone, I got Todd on the phone. And this show is brought to you by Fatty Z Muskie Products. FattyZMuskie.com, the store is up and going, orders have been being placed, I've been fulfilling them. Uh, mistakes have been corrected. Um, people have been messaging me, so it's great about change this, do this. Why isn't this working? And I try to stay on it. So with that, you can find the baits there. I have the rod holders up. I think I've got all the kinks worked out there. So keep an eye out on that, and uh, I appreciate everyone that's messaged me. The uh, we also have a Facebook page, Fuzzy Musky Products, Instagram account, and Twitter. And um, you can also find the Bates Musky Tackle online. Uh, they have standard colors, same as I would have on my website. Um, check him out, Musky Tackle online. And Team Rhino, I am working on a very big order for Team Rhino. Uh, I know that he's going to be, be at the Milwaukee show this weekend. He's been posting some stuff up. So follow Team Rhino Outdoors on Facebook and check out his selection of exclusive colors by exclusive is i'm not saying custom they're exclusive they're to him we don't sell those you can only get them through team rhino outdoors so check those two out musky tackle online and team rhino outdoors and uh support them as they support us and we also support the show and someone else can start talking now Muddy Fishing Guides, mcfishandguides.com. Get a hold of us. Uh, June's booking up pretty fast, uh, but we can get you in some other dates throughout the summer and then eventually into the fall. Uh, but give us a call. Todd and I are booking up, and uh, we would love to take you out. I am certainly looking forward to it because I hate the winter and the hard water. Give us a call. Nice. We also got Ranger Boats and Vix Marine. We will be down at Vix Marine on February 24th and 25th. Vance and I just got a Vance just got a hold of those guys. We're going to be doing a trolling seminar. Andy's going to be there also Saturday. We're going to be doing a on Saturday only. Yeah, we're going to be doing a trolling seminar each day. Show you some of the rod holder setups that we have that we have to offer, and you know, just talk talk a little bit about musky trolling. Uh, this is new for them getting into the musky, the musky stuff. So we're looking forward to it. I think they're looking forward to it and maybe we'll get to meet you down there at Vix Marine. That is March, February, February, February 24, 25. They're sort of near Kent, Kent, Ohio. That's right. Now what's Uh, going on in March? March, we also have the Musky Max. That's our big show of the season. It's, March it's 10, also plus. And March 10, 11, yes. You left out the it plus. plus. I did I did leave out the plus, yeah. We'll be there. Lots of great, uh, lots of great uh, booths going to be set up there. Lots of guys that's like the only show you're going to get to see them at, so stop on down we are looking forward to it we are getting geared up for it as we speak 
I was pouring baits not less than 10 minutes ago. Andy was <laughs> playing with baits not less than 10 minutes ago. So, yeah, epoxy. we're getting ready for the show. Yeah, yeah the Bring epoxy clear coat. People who, I mean, it's pretty well known that, you know, any more of these big musky baits have that, like, layer of glass looking on them. That's all hand brushed on there. So when you look at it, just think of someone holding a paintbrush, brushing yeah. this stuff on there, eyeing it up like, you know, some some guy like just poured a fine wine is looking at it real closely. That's at least that's how I do it. I might be doing it wrong, but yes, perfectionist. Well, it's not quick. It's not quick. It's not quick. It's not easy. That's right. You know, guys put a lot of time into these baits. <clears throat> But uh, getting back to the Muskie Max, what what bait builders are going to be there that you normally don't find at other shows? Well, we know we're going to run into Dale Wiley there. We're going to run into Todd Leopardi there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dale and Todd. Todd used to do quite a quite a few shows, but he hasn't been so much anymore. I think he's uh, overwhelmed with his business and the travel, uh, which can easily happen. It does wear on traveling. you. All over the country to do the shows but uh yeah those guys will both be there you're gonna have zach baker there uh, makes a bait that will be fun to watch his booth's right beside us and it's always fun to watch how long it takes for they are gone mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and i suspect that's gonna happen again this this go around so all those guys uh all those guys are going to be there plus a lot of others think they got a full show now so i'm looking forward to it we still got a lot of work to do so i'm not really looking forward to it as of right this second but i'll be looking forward to it when it comes around and it's over (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah this these next four weeks are going to be really hectic for me so yeah just i can sleep when i'm dead If you're interested in going to the Muskie Max, make sure you jump online. You can download a free $1 off coupon right off the website. You can check him out on Facebook, very active. He's been posting stuff all the time, www.muskymax.com. You get to the website and then Facebook, it's just Muskie Max. Type it in, check it out. Uh, It's going to be fun, Moon Township. Do you know who else is going to be there? I don't know who else is going to be there. Muskie's INC. <laughs> oh, boy. I am not going to go into it, but we did get a lot of requests for Todd. I know you've been writing. I'm going to I'm gonna drop the track right now. You ready? No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm sorry, everyone. I, I don't have a beat set up for Todd. <laughs> no, that was a lot of fun, but you want to, I mean... If we want to do that, Muskie's INC, I mean, we can do it doggy style. Snoop Dogg. Uh, Holy you know, crap. I mean, what, what do you want to do? It's the fizzle. <laughs> Holy crap. What is happening? It's, it, it, it's, it's the physical fizzle. <laughs> no. No. Resist. <laughs> I think that was a Snoop Dogg reference. You can do it doggy style. Yeah, with the Snoop. That's great. Fizzle. Fizzle shizzle. No. 
Check out your local chapter. Fizzle. Fizzle. Oh, my. And, uh, mm. no. I have to take a drink of beer. <laughs> my I almost goodness. fell out of my chair. <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know that many rappers. I do know this is Snoopy. Snoopy <laughs> dog. <laughs> Charlie Brown and Pigpen. <laughs> oh my! Oh my! Now check out your local chapter of Muskie Zinc. I mean, it, it's you know things are changing there. They got some new leaders on board. Not that the other, you know, this is just the uh, you know, not the other guys were doing things wrong, but uh, you know, there was a lot of people that got turned off by some things were happening in Muskie Zinc in the past. And uh, check out your local chapter. Get a hold of the, you know, uh, just see what they have to offer. Lots of neat tournaments. I mean, we had so much fun doing those tournaments over the years. Uh, you know, check check out what they have. Check out the, uh, you know, you'll end up getting a ma- the magazine and uh, lots of stuff going on with Muskie Sink. Lots of new stuff. It's a great organization. I would say if you're into the muskie fishing and you're not a member of Muskie's Inc., whether it's online membership, whether it's a non-affiliated membership or a membership in your local community, uh, I'd say shame on you. You heard it from Todd. You heard it from Todd. Shame on you. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. I'm not done. We're done wrapping. No, I, I've actually, I, I'm going to take it upon myself to, to write lines for Todd and just have him read it. That wouldn't be a bad segment. Todd reads rap lyrics. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yo, yo, yo. Oh my gosh, not this again. Up and out, yeah. Up and out. Oh my god. All right, so big oh, thanks man. to Muskie Zinc. Check them out and become a member. Support them. They've, uh, they're really the reason why we have the fishery that we have right now. And uh, the good old days of muskie fishing can continue. And I don't see, you know, I just don't see it happening without them. So, being where we're at right now. So, big thanks to Muskie Zinc. St. Croix Rods. Best rods on earth. Give them a, uh, give them a look if you're in, you know, in the market for a new fishing rod. They probably got something that's going to cover what you're looking for. So, big thanks, St. Croix Rods. All right. I think that's all of them. That's all of them. Okay. Oh, I got to catch my breath. Yes. That was that was something, Todd. But <laughs> okay. So, moving on. If you guys had to choose, would you? Rather have a 10 fish day of a mixed bag or a one fish day that's a big one. Okay, now when we're talking big one, we're talking 50 inches plus, right? I'm talking not world record, but a big one for the water you're fishing. Okay. One that you would go home and print the photo, not just keep it on your phone. 
Okay. Which, you know, really can, that varies. Some people, a 45 is a giant. Some people, a 55 yeah. is like, eh, I've caught better. So I would have to attack that one with two different mentalities there, you know? Uh, Vance and I are out fishing for the day. To be honest, I'd rather get that one big fish for my water, whether it be 48, 49, 52, 55. <laughs> However, most of my fishing now is with clients. And I've noticed that uh, a lot of the people we take out, if they do catch one of those type of fish, uh, a lot of them don't even know what they got, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. They're just like, oh, that's really cool. Is that a a big one? (laughs) Uh, They would would more likely would want to catch eight or ten fish that day. I I completely agree. So say you're working on like an average of more than one fish an hour, which happens mm-hmm. on charters, you know, mm-hmm. an average of how many you go in with a day. Um, those are certainly the easier day, the more fun day. You know, rods are going off. They are. are following in. They're getting strikes, things like that. That keeps it going. Yes. If it's one strike and one fish, it is, it's a giant release. Um, depending on when it, when it comes, you know, you can always fall back on you. You caught that. You, you guys got, you got the fish of the season here, yeah. you know, in the bag. Yep. You, you guys, this doesn't happen often. Uh, you have that story. Uh, and that's a very gratifying feeling, but, I mean, that happens all the time to us. Yeah, it, it you does. Know, I mean, it's like, there's your fish, but man, that's a 32-pound fish. That's a yeah. really nice muskie. I mean, yeah. there's people that don't catch these very often. Uh, mm-hmm. The day that the, they got some kid out and the rod goes off 10 times and they catch nine of them, but the biggest one's 43 inches, mm-hmm. they're, they're a lot more excited. Yeah, no <laughs> you know, I, I remember thinking back to a charter in uh, it was like right after that warm up period we had in September. The kid came down for a half day. He was young, and uh, he was he was casting. He had two follows, and he was just like unbelievable. Like you know, just went crazy yeah. over it. And he was on, like, a schedule. He had to go back up to get back to school. He's like, I want to come back down. Yada, yada, yada. He comes out for a full day. And the weather wasn't the best for the area that the fish were were in at the time. And uh, so I went down into another area. And we were casting. And he kind of was... He kind of wanted it. He wanted that you know, instant gratification, you know, uh, and was just like, Oh my God. You know, he, he, he kind of like gave up on it on the casting. And I was like looking at him. I'm like, Hey, this, we were in, we were in really mucked up water. It was tough. There were fish in there, 
but you really had to dig for him at that point. Uh, and he was, he was kind of down on himself. I'm like, Hey, look, you know, we're, we're three hours into this. If you want to get one, let's go, let's go troll. Cause it, it just wasn't, it wasn't there. It wasn't happening on the cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, it, but so I started trolling and I hadn't been, I hadn't been trolling in like four days or so. I knew I could probably get, get some bites, but generally like, you know, if you're casting, you know, you're going to take the next charter to that same area that is holding fish and they're still there and they're still active. Unfortunately, yeah. I couldn't get there. So that's where I was these past couple of charters. Uh, so I was like, I'll go trolling. I really wasn't hitting it hard for four days. And, you know, it generally takes you a little bit to, to figure out where a nice spot is. Uh, you know, something that I want to turn around and go back through. Well, I found a, a bunch of bait fish and I was plowing through them. And, you know, the time was ticking away and it just, it wasn't happening. We had, we had one rip and I was like, Oh geez, like what? I can't, I like, you know, it was, it was just getting to that, that point where I was like, okay, this is like the ninth hour here. Please. One of these rods go off. You know, this is last minute stuff. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, dude, you, you can't give up. You just got to keep going. You got to keep going. This is, this is the beauty of the sport. And I ran, I don't know if you remember, I ran this little Leo lure, oh, yeah. like sky high. Yep. I was like, okay, this stuff's not, not, it's not working in where I think the strike zone's going to be. I'm marking bait at like eight feet. I'm putting everything back down there. I'm reeling in my leaders. There's bait fish all over them. It's just not happening for me. So I just went on a whim, put a planer board out there. I had this, this Leo, like just right under the surface. To make this long story short, a nice 45-inch muskie for the kid. It was it was his biggest fish, and he was just, he went crazy for it. But it was the one fish in the last hour of the trip, and it was stressful. So I would have much rather liked, you know, that 10-fish day at yeah. that point, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that kid, that kid was just... He was shook. I mean, just shaking. He shook the, the whole rest of the ride home. Probably shook texting me, you know, the, when, when he when he finally got home. It was it was great because it was a it was a big one for us. And uh, yeah, it's so much different when we're guiding. I'm sure we have a lot of listeners out there that I'm sure we have guys that are listening that catch muskies all the time. I'm sure we have guys listening that can't even believe the stories that you hear about how many fish get caught but you know you got to remember on guide trips it's every day it doesn't matter what you did yesterday yeah it's new people today and we got to get them their story they're paying money to go fishing yeah they're going to get to go out in a nice boat and use great equipment and all but uh you know we go through the same things that everybody else does <laughs> when mm-hmm. they're out there fishing you know we go through the dry spells we go through all that and uh, mm-hmm. for me the guiding part is definitely action baby i love mm-hmm. when that i love when we got one in the boat in the first half hour or 10 casts or first cast a day or something because it's you know there's a little pressure off hey these mm-hmm. guys got a fish and then you have to remind 
people sometimes about what we're fishing for. I mean, we are not magic. There's no guide out there that is. Weather can play a part. doesn't matter what body of water you're on. There's just sometimes it can be really tough. But those mm-hmm. days are really sweet on guide days that they're just smacking jerk baits or, you know, cranking those trolling poles. Those are really sweet. Yeah. That about it. So I'm going for the action day. Mm-hmm. I mean, all my fishing pretty much guide oriented. You know? Yeah. And then when I get the fish alone, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't mind having a lot of action and then I'll be in, you know, on the smaller side or, you know, they, it's fun to reel them in. <laughs> it's nice to think we go out and target the big ones. Yeah. When we got our own chance, like, uh, which is what some people do think, oh, you know, you're fishing by yourself tomorrow. You're going to the good spot. Hmm. Yeah, and for, well, for tankers. Mm-hmm. Now, that's actually what we do, really. Yeah, <laughs> not really. No. <laughs> do you really think yeah. that there is that big fish spot? Like, I know that there's spots that historically produce fish at certain times of the year, but but to actually be like only this spot is occupied by the big one, and, and I, I mean, I'll, I'll go first. I think there is. A big fish spot. I think that, I, I mean, I can't be, I mean, I've gotten a lot of small ones there, but I've gotten a lot of big ones in this area. So I can't, I can't go against, I can't go against it. It hasn't like, you know, yeah, I mean, wrong in, in so many years, you know. Yeah, kind of what yeah. I, kind of what I'm thinking is, you know, like a, a really perfect, picture perfect inside corner of a weed bed with some, you know, a steep drop off, all the picture perfect <laughs> things. But, it's not like only big fish will be there. Right. Yes. I mean, it yes. will be, it's a community spot because I don't know if a 36 knows the difference between a 40 if it's laying next to it. Mm-hmm. I, that's, that's how big I feel. Big fish bent. Big fish bent. Yeah. I know that's what you're, t- I know that's what mm-hmm. you're referring to, Vance. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I made that up. I was actually thinking of a completely different lake, but I just like inside corners <laughs> yeah. on deep drop offs and stuff. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that's how that's the mentality I take. With, you know, uh, when I fish like Georgia, Georgia Bay, you know, mm-hmm. big fish spot, you know, and then I go back to that when I get just absolutely my ass kicked on that bay, and I'm just like, "Yep, was going for the one fish. It's all good," you know. Yeah, take it with you. Yeah, grain of salt. I, I guess <clears throat> my my take on it is yes, there'll be spots that you know, big fish will historically sit up on. But I think with the other fish sitting there with them, it's just a good spot. That's, you know? I totally feel the same. That, that's the way I look at it, too. I feel you that with our, with our lake specific. Yeah. 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 Um, well, but there's, there's, it's also, it's, a, it's half of it's a mind game. And if you need to have that, oh, we've only seen big ones here, that's, you know, that's perfectly all right. I had I, a, never, yeah. I had a spot in in my little river that I call Pike Alley, and for years I was like, "Why don't we ever catch a muskie here? Like, why don't we? Everything here is perfect, and all there is is little pike." Uh, probably for the <laughs> last five years, I haven't caught a pike there. It's all muskies now. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. am I doing something different? More than likely, because it didn't change all that much. 
you know, it could just be the way I'm doing stuff. In fact, Todd caught one, probably the last muskie we've caught out of Pike Alley. What is that, 2015 or something? Late, no, no, 16. That time we went on late fall. Mm Mm-hmm. That's that's right at the tail end of Pike Alley. Oh, that's Pike Alley. Okay, I didn't. You didn't tell me that, or I would have made it a Pike. You couldn't tell. Well, it, it you can't tell in, in like the fall when it's up three feet and it's going good, but in the summer, yeah, just the way like the uh, oh gosh, if you're facing downstream, the right side is just more like a slower current, and it has just these incredible rows of wavy weeds i don't even know what they're called i just call them wavy weeds so i'll explain that a little bit if you're in a, like a in a creek and you got some flow there's like a it almost looks like crabgrass but on a on a tall stalk it's not really i wouldn't call it a broadleaf but i wouldn't call it like a milfoil it's just like little blades of grass coming off of like a goldenrod stalk anyways when the water's flowing, it's sitting there just waving back and forth gently, and it's I, it's my Sounds most beautiful. It, it, yeah, it's especially when you got a clear creek, and it's just you get some of these in my rivers that could be 150 feet long. These weed beds, they might be three or four foot thick, you know, on on the width, and sometimes you'll get them staggered in rows or like a spotty pattern, and you can work mm-hmm. you can work a bait you like through them, like you can steer them around the clumps, and it's it's a lot of fun. It's, I mean, it, it with, it's not like the muskies are jumping out all the time, but you'll get snot rocket pike just swatting at these things because it's the perfect ambush. Yeah. So you tend to have a little bit of a silty, sandy soil. Water will be crystal clear, and you'll be working it. That's that's where I got jumping Jimmy the first time, was working mm-hmm. it through oh, okay. the wavy weeds. And it, it, They tend to not go much deeper than maybe four, maximum five foot of water. So when you start getting current and stuff on top of them, and they die off in the fall, but that's just you know where Todd caught that fish we referred to as at the back end of Pike Alley. Well, I think like in a in a uh, a healthy musky environment like Chautauqua is, <clears throat> like you know multiple inland lakes are even Lake Saint Clair, healthy population up there. Uh, you know, you're going to catch. You're going to catch a lot of little ones, average size ones, nice fish in areas, and then occasionally the big one's going to come up. Uh, but, you know, sometimes they'll catch a big one in the in the area, and I'm just like, man, like, you know, been through here a lot. I've never seen you before, you know. Yeah, where did like, you come from? How did that just happen? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, when that stuff happens, are you like... This fish is just randomly ro- roaming around, and we just happen to be in the right spot. Or was it that you just never quite hit his little home area correctly? Or maybe a smaller fish took it from him? You know, one of those things. I mean, what 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 plays through your head? Randomness? <laughs> per- perfect timing, you know? Yeah, I'm just timing. Like, thank God. Yep. You know? Unbelievable. You know, you go you go through those areas so many times. Sometimes it's day after day after day. Todd, you can attest to that stuff. Yes. And, you know, you catch your your average, you know, like 35 to 38. It's a good day. You get a handful of those and, you know, could be over the spot for like a week, you know, with people. 
and then all of a sudden with lots of fish yeah with lots mm-hmm. of fish coming on board and all of a sudden oh there's the 35 pound fish yeah it's like i don't know if they moved you? in there yeah yeah how were you in there <laughs> how how did that what were you doing down there you know i mean chautauqua lake is it's not big it's not small you know we're talking 17 and a half miles long but when the season starts and we are out there like every day. It is really odd sometimes to me, like this fish hits. It's like, what? where, where has this thing been for the last 10 years? Because I am out here every freaking day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and how can you just appear randomly in this spot? It's a good spot. And we catch fish here all the time. But, you know, I see fish. It's like I'm there enough. I feel that I should know them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know we don't, but, uh, you know, we catch enough fish and we spend enough time out there that just occasionally, and sometimes I wonder where they keep coming from. Those are the days that mm-hmm. the clients that, that the clients love. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, we just got 30 off of here this week, and now we just got another 10 more today. I don't know where they're coming from, but I'm going to keep going until they quit. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to put it as this, I'll paint this picture. I'm sure a lot of people have fished for panfish or bass and it's all sight fishing. I I just remember like at my grandmother's pond, I'd be like casting it like a little Rapala and I'm like, I'm going to catch that bass. So I'll cast towards it and I'll be twitching it. And I see this other little bass start coming in or smaller than the one. And I'm like, no, you don't. And I try to get it away from it and reposition the cast. Well, you're not seeing, you know, the big muskie there coming, oh, I'm going to investigate this, and then the little one comes up and snags it. And you're not going to pull it away from that fish because that's an important fish for the client. And yeah. not that they can choose, so the big one's just like, oh, okay, I lost out on this one. Probably a good choice because look what he's going through. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I think's happening. Uh, yeah, they're down there. There's just a lot less of them, you know. Bigger they are, the harder they the fall. They are in numbers. Yeah. Oh, okay, you're going a different way. <coughs> was I, a love dumb joke? <laughs> I love it. Joke. I love it. So it's exciting. I can't wait for moments like that next year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I'll go. I'll I'll pitch in. Give me the ten fish because I stated it was a mixed bag. I'll take my odds at getting a above average. Yeah. And. Especially if I'm fishing for two hours, that's a that's a like a fish every twelve minutes. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. I mean, because normally I like to net the fish, and it takes me three minutes to get the fish untangled. And then I like to I, I actually <clears throat> I, I built a stencil at work out of steel. I laid it on the floor of my my uh, boat, and I took yellow like road paint, and I spray painted. Mm-hmm. So I have a bump board on my carpet because mm-hmm. the bump board is getting away. And mm-hmm. so then I take the fish, and I always like to, you know, just, you know, me being, you know, I, I want to have a big fish. I'll put the fish's tail at 60 and, like, pinch it and take mm-hmm. a picture. Then I like to drag the fish really hard all the way to where its nose hits zero. Mm-hmm. And uh, nice. at that point, then I'll actually get the real measurement. Then I have to hold it up for some other photos. 
and then I put it back. So normally the fish isn't out of the water that long, maybe five, six minutes. And then as long as as long as you as long as you have a uh, a bag, a glove, and needle nose pliers, you know, that's yeah. all you need. Vice grips work good. Yeah, I, I I really like a good way to get them out of the net is you. You take your middle finger and your thumb and you put it in their eye sockets and squeeze. That's cool. And then it you stun them. Yeah, it does. It it, it, it like yeah. hypnotizes them. So then, you by the time I get done reviving them, which is, I just really like to tie like you know a little sock of rocks around its gill rakes and let it go so they don't mm-hmm. float. Um, eventually, that cotton will deteriorate and the fish will swim away just fine. So by the time that gets done, I'm about 11 minutes in. The next cast, I catch a fish. That's my perfect day. <laughs> the way you described it, you, you're, you're not going to have those those great numbers days because you're <laughs> handling the fish so long. Well, this is all fictitious anyway. But except for everything I said, how I handle the fish, that's all 100% accurate. <laughs> right. We've made like, uh, you know, six trolling passes before, you know, sometimes yeah. watching people mess with fish and stuff. Yes, I've seen that many times. Yeah. But I, I really in the boat while they're trying to dig one out of the net. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All all kidding aside, I, I did I did not make that stencil because I did not want to mess up my carpet. <laughs> yeah, it's no good. So you have thought about just using your gunnel though. I I have a four foot track on it. Why not just use the track, you know? Use the track. Even though, even those fiberglass. You wet that fiberglass down on those rangers and stuff like that. They're as slippy as they all get up. That just is like a bump board. Yeah, that's something you guys are gonna have to watch. Is like I'll step on my gunnel, and you'll step on the gunnel, and next thing you know, you're on your face. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it when it's wet. Yeah. Yeah, boy. <laughs> oh yeah, Todd. You're gonna have all that vinyl and stuff. You better be on your p's and q's. Mm-hmm. We can Step always take some, like, contact cement and some, you know, like, crushed limestone, and we can add grip adhesive to his boat. You know, stepping pad. Step here. Yeah. It's not that bad, because normally you're not aiming to put your foot on a, you know, five-inch wide gunnel in the rain. You'd be surprised what people do. Yeah. Then all you got to do is just take a nice dollop of Vaseline and wipe it on the gunnel. And just watch the hilarity ensue. Yeah. Like they were doing in Philadelphia with the uh, telephone poles. People still got them down, though. Yeah, see, that, that that's exactly what you should do. When your team wins the big game is you should then burn the city down. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, why not? So the team can come home to be proud that their people... <laughs> Felt that they should like destroy their infrastructure. <laughs> hey man, Super Bowl does crazy things to people. Good for Philadelphia. It Glad is. They beat Brady. All the mass holes. <laughs> Can't stand them. <sighs> yeah. So, anyways, our topic today is going to be the Magic Eight Ball. The Magic 8-Ball is going to be... I'm going to preface this first. The last four or five years, 
it's been a roller coaster. I could say two of those years were just off the charts insane fishing. And one of those years was a little tougher. And another one of those years was just slow to get going. Do you feel that the winner or, or some overlying element had any effect on that? Because it wasn't like you got up to the lake and there's a whole bunch of dead muskies and be like, okay, this is going to be tough. It was just like you showed up and they just started cracking. That one year they were cracking trolling. Just mm-hmm. crazy numbers. The next year they were cracking casting and you couldn't get them trolling. Then I think the year after that, wasn't it a tough year? And it, mm-hmm. it, yes. And then, like, last year it was slow to get going, but then it just steamrolled the second half. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, slow, and, uh, it, mean, is like, there the a correlation weeks? there with something you guys feel? <clears throat> Man. You would think that, you know, know. With, with, with the records that are being kept, at least in your guys' boats, that there should be something that points to we're going to expect this much. Like, this is our musky almanac. Yeah. I, I mean, I wish I wish I could say it with confidence. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think the farmer's almanac's like, but, hey, we're, we're, we're yeah. batting, you know, yeah. 948 yep. this year. Yeah, I know, I know. You know, the one thing we're getting at, we had some really bad winners there a couple of those years, and... Uh, Knocked down the weeds real bad, real, real, you know, weed growth was minimal. Fishing was in, insane. Uh, now let's, let's, let's talk about that a little bit before you, I'm going to, I'm just going to like describe a bad winner here. A bad winter where we're talking about is, you know, a couple hundred inches of snow, probably a couple feet of ice. <laughs> That lasts throughout the winter. Ice coming off in May. Yeah, end of, end of April. I, I remember April. those. I remember. I remember those. Uh, those winters, reading in the papers and stuff like that, and following the news that there was still ice around Lake Erie. Uh, they were. They had to. <clears throat> uh, bust up a bunch of ice to get barges on the on the on the move. Uh, late in, in April, and then you know there were still icebergs out in the middle of the lake and things like that. Yeah. Uh, you know when you start getting into spring and there's still ice around, um, and it makes it difficult for travel on on a big body of water like Lake Erie. You know that's you know that generally means that the people were just absolutely you know just it, it it sucked to live in this area for you know, four or five months. <laughs> Yeah, and that's what we're experiencing right now. Is it sucks? No, I, I believe I believe we're leading the nation in snow. This area, I mean, second place had a big gap to fill, <laughs> catch up. You know, when yeah. we looked back in you know like a month ago, but you know this this is just reg- regional. I mean, there's places that get routinely three, four, five, six feet of ice, but like yeah. in, in our area. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we're not trying to talk about everyone's area because we have no idea. Right. So, but, like, you know, Chautauqua Lake those two those two years before it was a big trolling year and a big casting year. Uh, you know, I remember 
reading that there was, you know, in the high teens to 20 inches of ice at points throughout the winter. And uh, you know, people were having a difficult time drilling through that ice. And there's usually only, there's this interesting store in, in Bemis Point. It's actually like a, like a novelty store. But uh, <clears throat> they have this big, giant wall. Um, <clears throat> I think it's called Skillman's. Uh, excuse me. They uh, they have a big giant wall like dating all the way back to like 1900, uh, and they have the dates written on there, and it says date date Chautauqua Lake froze, and the date that it was ice off. And generally, when it's just you you, you see that there's only one. One day that the ice was completely lifted and gone, that was usually a tough work. These past two years, there were multiple dates that the ice was gone and the lake froze over completely again. That's yeah. not happening this year. Okay, so, okay, so <clears throat> for those who are not following you know what, what Van said, it's the lake gets a skim of ice on it, you know, it could be four, five, six inches, then we get a warm up. It gets ice free, then it refreezes, and then it thaws off again, and that could repeat a couple times. Or, mm-hmm. but what what you're kind of aligning up here is if it's on off on off, it tends to be a milder winter that would lead mm-hmm. to something, which we're going to talk to something about something here soon. But I just want to kind of hit this this winter thing. Mm-hmm. And um, what do you guys think of is thick ice a, a bigger player? And uh, we're by no means meteorologists or biologists. We're just guessing. Is thick ice more of a weed killer than moderate ice with a ton of snow on top, meaning hardly any light gets through? Because yeah. thick, thick ice is a temperature thing. I I have no idea. I would say that the weed. I would just say that the weed. Uh, it comes down to like you know the beginning of photosynthesis for me. Uh, whatever whatever stops the light penetration quicker. You know, I would think stops photosynthesis from happening and. You know, you need that to start the weed growth. So that's what I think. Todd, do you have an opinion? Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. I, that, so that one, you know, we had a year a couple of years ago that there, the weeds just did not grow in that lake. And everyone was like, oh, it was a terrible winter. But if you look back through the records, as Vance was saying, uh, where you can see how much ice they had and how cold it was it wasn't that bad of a winter it wasn't that bad of a winter that we were up there fishing areas that i'd never even fished before because usually there was a half mile of weeds and this year there was no weeds you know right now they're going through a big weed weed battle up there kill them do this that you know and it was just a couple years ago that we had a year there wasn't any weeds quarter probably less than a quarter of what normally grows on the lake you know and i'm not talking about the weeds that grow in two three feet of water 
but uh, I don't know. I don't know what it would take. I mean, I'm 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 hoping that this uh, harsh winter. A lot of people have been talking about that. A lot of people have that theory. The harsh winter is going to knock them down. We will we will find out. Now, <laughs> I I have no idea the correct answer, but I'm almost thinking like. If you don't get the light penetration, I, I'm going to go with light penetration. Kind of like what Vance was saying. It Holding on later in the season, like when the weeds might want to start typically emerging, if those get held back an extra two, three, four weeks because there's not enough ambient light getting to them. I don't know. There's no doubt. It could, it, there's no doubt. It, could, it, it, can, it can slow things down for that spring. But, you know, for that first first weeds of the season. Yeah. And I'm going to say this again. We're just theorizing here. We have no idea. Yeah. yeah. But it, uh, now, isn't, isn't like there's a problem with this little critter called the rusty crayfish that <laughs> essentially, I mean, do you guys know what that is? Or did no. I get it wrong? Yeah. I have no idea what that is. Okay. My, my understanding is it's invasive. And what it does is it, like, crawls around the bottoms of lakes and it like clips the weeds like when they're starting to yes. bud and it's wiping out weed beds in these in lakes in like the midwest mm-hmm. and it's a it's i guess it's it's a big problem on some of these lakes um i have no idea anything else beyond that because we don't have them around here and i could sounds be like a, a bar the rusty, yar. The rusty crayfish. It sounds like we should introduce them to Chautauqua Lake. The problem yeah. with that is it's headwaters to everything. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then you get some rusty <laughs> yeah. crayfish going down in the Allegheny. And, but I mean, it, that would be something that like ne- it's never really worked out right when you it, introduce a species yeah. to get yeah. rid of something. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, it would it would be interesting if you had some kind of a model to see how much it could really do. It's kind of like the gobies in Lake Erie. I remember that used to be such a big thing. Now all of a sudden it's like if you're out there perch jerking and you're like, ooh, I caught this ugly thing and you just kind of keep smacking it on your gunnel till it fell off. Now it's like you never catch them because the smallmouth and the trout know that they're food and they're eating them up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zebra mussels. Yeah. A lot of this stuff is going to destroy our fisheries. I mean, I know there's stuff out there bad that can, but, you know. I remember when the zebras first started coming around, and it was just a horrible, horrible, horrible thing. And they ended up cleaning, filtering Lake Erie. I mean, to the the point to where it's actually, (laughs) like, clean-like. Yeah. Very nice-looking water, yeah. Mm -hmm. I still wouldn't drink it, but. The Drink fish any are, the fish are eating the uh, fish are eating the zebras, and you know it's taking care of itself. It's taking care of itself. It's still not a good thing to be Gen- like. I mean, yeah, generally, biology. I mean, it take you know the ecosystem takes care of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now people are going to go up there and stop the weeds. Watch this. And then they take like a a weed cutter and they're like, see, saved it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you saved know what? 
I get a haircut about every uh, three four weeks. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it doesn't solve the issue. No, that's exactly what happens, and they're just grinding up a bunch of fry and frogs and lily pads while they're doing it. But that's that's what they choose to do on our lake. So let's harvest the weeds. Yeah, but I I don't know I don't know what the winter's going to do. Is it complete coincidence that? You know, we had two really rough winters, cold winters, uh, and that made for excellent fishing, you know. Mm-hmm. I personally, I, uh, yeah, okay, maybe. Uh, and then we had two mediocre winters, really nice and pleasant, you know, normal stuff. Uh, you know, at one point it reached like 80 in February. Uh, I remember that. I think that was last year. Um, and there was a bunch of weeds and yada, yada, yada. Uh, you know, I like weeds. I don't know. I mean, I think they're good. Yeah. You know, they're, you know, uh, I don't know. Bad winter. Bad winter for us. Good, good fishing for two years. Uh, good winter for us. There was really only one slow year where you really had to, uh, had to, you know, that was that was slow. I mean, that, last yeah, year you were grinding to get them. Yeah, you were grinding. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's been a really crappy winter. Yeah, I'm like, you know, you, you think back, it's like, oh, sweet. It was really cra- crappy two years ago and three years ago and four years ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Is your winter... Andy, you live the closest mm-hmm. to Chautauqua. Is this winter? I'm gonna like over the top crappy. <laughs> I mean, like that, and that's. I guess I'm trying to like, I feel like it's come more up like average. I, I would I would say that, but mm. you know the the thing is is like we got hit. It went cold, and for those guys in Wisconsin, Minnesota. Our cold is not your cold. Yeah. But yeah. you got to take everything with just where the demographic. Where you guys get cold, we get snow. And like we talked about, Vance getting, you know, that just. 100 inches. In yeah. 70, 60 inches, yeah. like in, uh, in a day and a half. Mm-hmm. And I told him he better get out of Pittsburgh now and get home. And so that was bad. But that's stuff that happens here. Mm-hmm. I remember those years that it was bad winters, and I think I remember sending a, a, a picture message to, you know, it might have been just Todd or both of you guys, of my truck saying negative 21. That's some of the coldest I've ever seen. I've seen it colder, but it's just it doesn't happen that much here. Now, we did have some really cold nights where we were in the, you know, the, the, lo- the low negatives, you know, like onesies, twosies, maybe a five. But overall, it's it's been it's been a roller coaster. Like three times now, I've gone to no snow in my yard, mm-hmm. and we might have that again come this weekend. But <clears throat> we've also, you know, it it it's it's not it's not horrible. We've had some spots of horribleness, but most winters are like that. I would say that this is right along right along average, except that we got ice early. Normally, it's terrible. 
<laughs> this is horrible, and the wind is killer. Yeah, I would say if we can go ice fishing for a couple months, it's it's a slightly better than average winter. If if there's like no ice fishing or very short periods of it, it's a mild winter. And I I remember some winters. It might have been two thousand and five, two thousand and six, where I remember drilling through like twenty one inches of ice, twenty four inches of ice, when I had mm-hmm. time, and I had a little six inch auger so I could just go to town. Um, but those were cold. I mean, those were like really really cold. I remember being in college, just everyone was bundled up, just 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 so thick in clothing. Like your only your eyes would be sticking out because they'd freeze, you know. So you got to keep everything. Um, but Todd, you don't remember how fishing was in two thousand six, do you? Oh, geez, I can't remember which year, but I know we've had some. We've had the same thing, you know. There's years when we we ice fish right after deer season. I started ice fishing and I did it till spring, and then there's years that I was out there. Open water fishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember. There's, there's about 10 inches on Chautauqua right now. That's what the guys were telling me. I was up there the other day walking around. 10, 10 really isn't a whole bunch. Mm-mm. No. That's what he said. But, you know, it was, it's, it's a lot compared mm-hmm. to last year when people mm-hmm. were sending me open water pictures. The whole north end hardly even froze last season. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and like... What we feel is bad isn't necessarily bad for the fish. That's kind of why I was hitting on how yeah. thick is the ice. Now, you can get 15 inches of ice just by it being really cold and clear. But you can also have, you know, 15-degree colder temperatures. And if you've got two and a half feet of snow on that, you know, three inches of ice, it's never really going to build. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, it, the ice is, is, you know, directly related there to how is, much snow there, and yeah. the, the severity of cold. There's a lot of snow up there right now. So, I mean, because this area is getting dumped on a lot more than the last two years. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I was I was probably stepping on six inches of snow, you know? Yeah. Kicking through it. I had my dogs out there. They were, uh, you know, disappearing. Yeah. yeah. But it was shoulder height. Mm-hmm. It was back, back height on them. Yeah. Um, so, you know... Is that stop? That stopping? I don't know. I, I know that snow is probably, you know, snow probably inhibits the light getting through. Right, because like when I've when more. I used to ice fish and I had a little underwater camera, if there was a lot of snow on the ice, I would take a shovel or my boot or something and try to get the snow off of it to give me some kind of illumination mm-hmm. down there. But then there's also those times that like the ice is. Not like clear like glass, but clear enough to where if you're fighting a fish, you can see it spinning around down there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's at that point, you know, it's like, yeah, the ice is on, but it really doesn't. It's more like a light filter at that point. And, you know, I, I don't know how that would relate. I mean, there's just no cut and dry answer on that. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it gets you wondering about expectations for the season, right? I mean, uh, I I don't think you can really really do that. I don't, you know, I don't expect anything that I banked on. You know, I banked on it never being easy. 
Uh, but, you know, going into expectations, oh, it was like this, I mean, it's going to be good. I, I, I'm more banked on the ability to... Uh, Let's go do it. To, to, yes. find, to find the bite. You know, the, the, the work that has to be put in to put people on fish to find the bite. That's the only thing that you could really bank on. So, you know, if somebody comes in and is like, hey, I'll tell you, it's going to be one hell of a year. You know why? 18 inches of ice. You're just like, okay, you're out of your mind high. Yeah. You know, that. I, I think that, you know, there was some, like, there was some netting study done on Chautauqua Lake. Like, going to be the best year ever. Look out. Here we come. We're going to storm it, boy. Bunch of fish in the net. Here we go. Last year. Yeah. And it was... <laughs> It was last year they caught. Yeah, no, yeah. Last year they said they caught more, more fish, more <clears throat> big fish, more everything than it ever caught. Yeah. Not that it was a bad year last year, <clears throat> but it didn't hold true to the fishermen. We'll put it that way. <clears throat> I mean, for God's sakes, the first month of the season, people were you know ready to <laughs> yes. you know end all their camps. Like it's it's done. camps move on. It's done. The, the red spots. The red spots back. We're oh. we're doomed. Yeah, you know. And <laughs> I, I I wish I wish you could come up with an answer. And some guys do come up with, as Vance said, you know, guys saying this is going to be it. This is going to be the year. I can tell you, them guys didn't spend a lot of years doing this because your guess is as good as mine, as Vance also said we're going to find them we're going to get a bite and we're going to do it I have no idea where I'll be fishing we tell people this when they talk to us at the shows like what's the best time of year where's this spot and uh, you know I have bays or little weed beds that we've caught 50 75 fish over the course of a couple week period in the season and then the next year you hit it you hit it you hit it and it's one none happened Dude. last happened <laughs> last happens, year you know? all the time <clears throat> some of our go-to spots from last season were not our go-to spots the years before uh there's a specific area on the lake <laughs> that crazy. was like banging for a year and it hasn't been for yes like five years yeah, and there's lots of them like that, and it'll come back around. And now I have not made all the correlations with how bad the winter was and how much ice we had, but uh, there's areas that my go-to areas that like areas that I would start the season first day. This is where I go, baby. This is my spot. Banging fish, baby, baby, yes, baby, and uh, yeah, spots like that where. Now, you know, drop back five years later, and I, nothing, nothing happening. It'll come back around. I don't know what I don't know what makes it happen. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody can predict it. But uh, the expectations of next season are we will catch a bunch of muskies. I don't know where. 
and I don't know what month is going to be the best or what week is going to be the best, but we'll get them one way or the other. Yeah, I guess we're just like not into the science part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, Todd and myself. Because it, it drives you not. crazy. I mean, it's, it's I tried, I've tried. I've tried. I used to keep track of the wind direction and this and that and write this all down. And, you know, the correlation was really had nothing to do with anything. It was just all fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess your expectation comes on your ability to work mm-hmm. for it, at least with us, you know, and that's, that's the, my expectation is, is, is going to be high because of, you know, to put it in, you know, stupid terms, the, the work ethic towards it. That's it. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to work until I find a bite every day. And if not, I'm going to stop. If I lose that fire to do that, then I will stop fishing is not going to happen but you know and i can't i can't pay attention to any of that stuff the most thing i do pay attention is the wind direction Look, it's gonna suck over yeah. there Let's go right <laughs> yeah. here exactly you know yep. uh know what you know when it comes when memorial day weekend comes around or your opener comes around you know i don't think people are thinking about the winter you know i think you're thinking about going to the spot looks fun looks good uh-huh. Start casting. Let's start trolling. Whatever it is, moving around. You know, generally we go out casting the first day just to see. You know, just to get a lay of the land, see what it looks like, see yeah. our, the depths of the weed lines are, and stuff like that. And we spent times in. Ju- I spent a couple times in June where I went a dozen days of fishing. I never even put a rod holder on the boat. Mm-hmm. You know, we had guys <laughs> that wanted to do it, and we. We're casting, and we're searching. Nice days. Those are nice days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the winter sucks. If it if it holds true, you know, if we have some bang up year, you know, astronomical dynasty year, you know, we talk about those two years back to back. You know, maybe I would think about it, but it, you know, it's just like if that is true, then it's just a bonus for me. You know, it's just like icing on the cake. You know, yeah, we're gonna be doing it anyhow. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll wrap. I'll wrap this up a little bit here because I'll talk about rivers. If we have a ton of snow come late winter, generally my early spring stream fishing is shot. Because when it finally does start doing that 50 degree rain, it's melting, you know, 30 inches of snow along with it. And essentially all the farmer's fields get flooded and everything's a mud pit and it's just terrible. Uh, But that isn't the only thing. It also, if we keep getting two, three inch rainstorms every 10 days, that can kill you. I mean... there's been times that I haven't been able to have good, in my opinion, fishable water late July, August sometimes. Um, it's it's all precipitation dependent. Like this year, this year so far early, it's shaping up to possibly be a good year. I don't have a lot of snow on the ground at this point. But we get a lot of our snowfall when it's 
25 to 35 degrees. I know that doesn't make sense because 35 mm-hmm. is, it can melt, but you'd be shocked at how much snow can come down. Yeah. Um, and it's normally very we've been, heavy. We've been, we've been much below that this, this year. <laughs> right. <clears throat> Lots of them days versus 20, and it doesn't snow a lot when it's 18, 15, mm-hmm. 20. Yeah, and Lake Zero. Erie. Lake Erie got a lot of ice yep. so far. That's so that's where it can kill me. Is like I'm sitting pretty now, but I'm looking at it, I'm like, you know what? We kind of always have this joke like St. Patrick's Day will always give us another snowstorm. So we're not yeah. never really feel we're out of the woods till a couple weeks after St. Patrick's Day. Because is is, is Lake Erie frozen, Andy? <clears throat> I'm like guys are out there ice fishing or not? I've seen some people posting stuff. I don't know exactly what's going on right now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I know that Lake Erie, you know, if, if you take Lake Erie and you put 70% ice on it, there's not that much open water. Yeah. So your snow can, you can still get the lake effect, but it's, it, it's yeah. not as much. Are they fishing in the Bay Vance? You see them out on Prescott? Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's interesting to see that because half the Bay is frozen and then in like the shipping channel area back towards what I think, which is called like Misery Bay. Yep. There's almost like a direct line of rippling water. It's really no crazy kidding. to see. Um, yeah, it, it's like wow. that. And this was just the last week. And you see open water in like one footers. And then you see just ice the rest of the way back to the, to the end of the bay. And I'm just like, Man, that is just so not worth it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. To see, I'm to see op- open water like that. Yeah. And I like had to look at it a couple times. I think I sent, I think I sent you guys a picture of that, or Andy a picture of it. Yeah. And I'm just you, like, look at that. Look at that difference right there. Yeah. I think I think Andy sent back a picture. He's just like, perch are worth it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean. <laughs> Presque Isle Bay is just, you, you can catch a bunch of crappies, a bunch of jumbo Lake Erie perch right now, and it'll keep you entertained. You could, you could tangle in with a bass, a pike, or a steelhead. Um, the crazy thing about like what Vance just said, the shipping lane, is there is a shipping channel that they keep four giant ships through this little concrete channel, little car, concrete line channel, and you could be fishing like what you'd consider good structure, you know, maybe a sandy, silty bottom, weeds, maybe some rock piles, and you just all of a sudden you just kind of go a little too close to like the shipping channel. It'll go from four or five foot down to forty feet, like mm-hmm. completely instantly. And the barge will take out your. Yeah, we're talking like ice hut. Seven, yeah, seven hundred feet yeah. of barges coming yeah. in, completely <laughs> yeah. loaded with sand yeah. and gravel. Or coming into Don John's for you know work or something yeah. like that, but um, it's it's very unique because it's like it's it's a it's a it's a state park yeah. and and it's just yeah. like it has this cool stuff in it. They got deer and turkeys and supposedly a bear that somehow wandered through the city and found its way there. I I'm sure that happened. Um, and then you like turn around and it's just like this functioning waterway of vessels and yeah. coast guards and it's. So, but yeah, it, it is weird to see open water and then you turn and you're like, oh, yeah. 100 yards this way, there's people 
ice fishing. Quite literally <laughs> trying to catch perch. Yeah. Yeah. That they may have walked over a shipping channel that's 30, 40 feet deep to get to that I'm spot. Crushed. <laughs> crushed, crushed, crushed smallmouth on that drop-off on that shipping channel. Yes. My best smallmouth day ever. Yeah, the smallmouth in, the, in Lake Erie yeah. is insane. Yeah. Full disclosure, though, I it just didn't. I, I wish I was musky fishing. <clears throat> I was gonna say, what's a smallmouth? Yeah, it's, so it was. It, it was incredibly <laughs> no, boring. No, no, it's good stuff. It is. So that's that's the thing. There's no there's no telltale sign that I can say right now what my rivers are going to be like. It's all in the April showers. Yeah, can, can bring May smiles or May tears. So that's my rhyme that never caught on. Truth, yeah, it I mean, will bring. I mean, it's so much different from lake fishing, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we think about that when we're. I mean, but we think about that when we're, you know, going to do cave run or not. Mm-hmm. It's like we you just had a bunch of runoff up here in the, in you know the upper Allegheny area, and then into Pittsburgh, and you know, yeah. just would wash cave. We run signed lake. up. We signed up early one time. Mm-hmm. And it was horrible. Absolute mess. Horrible. That's the time we were launching by the light posts. And, I mean, mm-hmm. it just takes any any confidence you have of a spot or where, where you want to fish. Yeah. Dumbest thing ever. <laughs> so stupid. We got one now. The Project X pulled one through. We did get one. We did get one. Oh In the tournament. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what's hilarious. We did get one. <laughs> yeah. But it was horrible. Oh, People were man. fishing up on the road. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's completely different. That's completely Those guys different. are used to dealing with it, and I don't want to deal with it. I'll be honest. Yeah, I mean that, that's a th- that's the thing about the you know Chautauqua Lake. We're sitting up there, you know, lake fishing stuff like that. You have a tough winter, then this big runoff. Your spring could be absolutely screwed if you're on the river. Yes, and, and Chautauqua Lake. <laughs> Chautauqua Lake talks about the oh my god, it's horrible flooding, and I mean you're talking what's a lake up a foot. You have to step up into the the boat or <laughs> yeah, step I mean, down a, to the boat. Yes, it's a foot. It it, it 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 fluctuates about a foot. The one time it did it did flood up into people's yards and stuff. Mm-hmm. And people had like uh, big heavy rain barrels out on on their docks trying to keep them in place and stuff. I remember yeah. going up there. I think that was like four, four or five years ago. Yes, yes. When there was like ago. there was, but, uh, but it was only up about a foot. I think it was a little bit more than a foot this time. I think it was just a just a tad over a foot, enough to get into mm-hmm. people's people's yards where I yeah. wore high boots out to the docks. So there was there was minnows swimming in the grass and stuff, and I was yeah I was casting like right off of people's lawns and catching mm-hmm. walleyes at night. It was so it was <laughs> neat. It was neat. I was like, yeah, yeah, this is great. I you know this actually made fishing easier. I I don't have to mm-hmm. walk as far and. Right here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's that's a that's a Chautauqua Lake fluctuation. Is a foot, yeah, a foot. 
Phoenix like people it. that have like will lose their entire property and lose roadways. People like it's up a foot. It's in my yard. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, when it goes in their yard, all of the supermarkets are sold out of bread and milk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. nice. Well, that's our magic eight ball. What we think's going to happen this year? Which we really don't know. Talked, but uh, I don't know. No, no scientific evidence here. No, but if anyone's out there sitting there, you know, dreaming about fishing, mm-hmm. they, you know, <clears throat> at least I would always be like, well, let me let me guess how this year's going to go. Well, what yeah. can I base it off of? Well, what happened right before it? Winter. And then uh, that's <clears throat> that's our observations. Is yes, it's not. You can base it on 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 this also. You get a hold of us at Muddy Creek, mm-hmm. one way or the other. We're going to put you on some fish. I'll make a bold prediction. Let's hear it. Todd or myself catches a tiger muskie. That is a bold prediction. Where did that come from? What? Catch a tiger muskie? Yeah, it's a bold prediction for the upcoming season. So Todd's okay. Todd's uh, doubting it. It's a bold prediction. It is it's a bold, bold prediction. We'll catch some. One of us will catch a tiger muskie this year. It's like one million to one. Yeah. Not if you go to a lake with tigers. If I go to Canada, I, I might be able to get one. But it is a bold prediction. You caught a, a, musk, a tiger muskie in Chautauqua, but that was what, like 1990? Back when? Yeah, that was in, in 1986. 1986. It's a bold uh-huh. prediction. So you're telling me there's a chance. It's probably not going to happen, but it's a bold prediction. I'm going to do everything in my power to make that come true. Can I don't know what I that means. I called one the but... last time was at St. Clair. That's what I mean. So, okay. It's a bold prediction. It's probably not going to come true, but it's a bold prediction. I doubt we're gonna. it's going to happen on Chautauqua. Yeah, I do too. We might be able to show a couple fish pictures to, to the listeners, yes. and they'll be like, yes. yes, that is a tiger. I mean, the one that you and Karakot looks, yeah. looks like. Get this all the time. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I mean, but didn't, cool. didn't you send a net net picture that I, I mean, I know that I had one with like horseshoe markings on its back. And you think yeah, about I, it, I just like, it's not, there's no way it is. Mm-hmm. It's just a pretty Chautauqua fish. Just a young lad. Yes. Still in his stripes age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. So. Awesome. Bold prediction. Fat Easy Musky products. FatEasyMusky.com. Stores open. Check them out on Musky Tackle Online and Team Rhino Outdoors. Vix Marine. Ranger Boats. Starcraft Star Weld. Service Department. Great. They helped uh, some people out on this show. I've never been there. I will be there, though. 24th. But Vance and Todd will be there 24th, 25th. Come down and see them. Yes, sir. Uh, Musky Max Plus, 
Uh, be sure. Mark it on your calendars. Do everything you can to get out there. Uh, always a great show. Always, you know, professionally put on. It's it's a good time. We really enjoy it. So uh, if you can, please stop down. St. Croix Rods, best rods on earth. And Muskies, Inc. Todd, you don't need to speak at all. I need to get through this with a straight Musky face. Muskies, Inc., I-N-C, baby. <laughs> big oh, thanks wow. to them. And, uh, you know, a big thank you for the fisheries that we have right now and the start of catch and release and all the great things that they have in store right now. And uh, I'm really hoping some stuff gets put through there because they have some very interesting guests that we're really wanting to get on sooner than later. So Muskies, Inc., find local chapter, join it, or just join non-chapter-ish. I don't know what the word would be offhand, but non was that non-assigned member that would be a yeah unaffiliated unaffiliated yep snoop snoop dog (laughs) all right (laughs) did i did i do all these or does todd need to start freestyling you're good okay todd loves rap you know, that's probably I'm the thing is, is like he has the sports talk radio on in his truck all the time. You ever just want to like bump the CD button and just see what really comes on? It's probably like some <laughs> old school classic like Run DMC or something like that. No, it's not. <laughs> check no. His, uh, check no. His check his iTunes. Cool in you the can gang. Check my iTunes. I don't even know what iTunes are. Cool in the gang. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Let's groove tonight. <laughs> How about crisscross? <laughs> I'm into some. I don't know what crisscross is. This is all like Todd's like prime college age stuff. Yeah. Like the spinners. You know who the spinners are? Like oh on, on the like for rims. Old school before. Oh. before, before <laughs> rapper. Really. You know they sing like. Uh, I'm not even gonna get into this. Anybody out there, check out the spinners. Absolute amazing. (laughs) Classics. Okay. Soul. Soul music. Soul music. That's why I like that. Yeah, Criss Cross will make you jump, jump. So. No, I know that one. (laughs) The Mac Daddy make you jump, jump. (laughs) The big muskies make you jump, jump, jump. (laughs) It's going to turn into a, a, a musical podcast here i'm gonna learn how to play an instrument man that that's a that's that's such a good song they were a one-hit wonder though you know yeah all right be safe out there good luck fishing